Well, all right, everybody. Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. Uh, another kind of impromptu um, episode here. Just wanted to talk a little bit about the New York primary, just because we've covered it quite a bit on the show. Um, and uh, voters are going to the polls at the moment. And I'm not going to have a chance to cover the results as they come in tonight. So I thought that we would just do a little bit of a roundup, kind of talk a little bit. Uh, obviously, feel free to call in if you have any comments or questions. Um, so, yeah, it is Tuesday, August 23rd. Uh, we have voters across the city um, and across the state uh, heading to the polls to elect uh, in the in the primary. Uh, you know, we're going to be dealing with the Democrats here, uh, where we have a whole host of uh, people um, who we have been following. Um, I think most notably is Kristen Gonzalez, that's in New York State Senate. District 59. Uh, now, uh, those of you who have uh, followed the show will know that we have covered that race uh, pretty pretty exhaustively, um, and, and there have been some changes since the last time that we talked, so we're going to talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about the uh, two interesting congressional primary races. Uh, we have the Nadler versus Maloney race, and then we have uh, Yulene No uh, versus um, Goldman. Um, there, obviously, there are other candidates in both of those races, but these are we're kind of doing top two for both of those. So, yeah, uh, I you know I guess we'll start with the Gonzalez race. Um, this is Kristen Gonzalez, uh, DSA backed progressive, um, young socialist Latina, as she has been uh, kind of running on on that uh, political identity. Um, we've seen, uh, we have seen, um, Gonzalez kind of go up against some other people, uh, with kind of in, in that space, like, uh, Nomiki Konst, uh, Konst, the podcaster, um, kind of, uh, kind of political gadfly, I guess you could call her. She had been, uh, kind of known for her appearances on Majority Report and on some other like podcasts and other shows, um, and Const uh, it was kind of portrayed as a spoiler. Um, she was she was portrayed as somebody who was just kind of getting involved in this race to kind of throw it. Um, I don't I don't know how fair that was. I kind of I I, I would kind of back away from maybe putting it quite that. Um, in, in those terms, uh, it, it does seem like that was kind of the effect of her candidacy, though, at least as far as some people were concerned. Uh, and things got pretty nasty between Const and Gonzalez, again, if you were following this race. Um, and, and if you had been listening to the show as well, like you would have heard, uh, we had uh, Const's former uh, spokesperson, uh, Walker Bragman come on. We had uh, Aaron Naraf come on from the Gonzalez campaign a few times, um, and you know, as as things kind of went on, uh, cons, I think I think it kind of seemed like looking from the outside, like her support kind of crumbled, um, like she maybe didn't have like that much of a backing, and we we saw that um, a couple weeks ago, kind of come to its logical conclusion when uh, she dropped out of the race and endorsed Gonzalez. So that's a pretty big shift here. 
Whether or not that's going to have any effect on the outcome of the race, I think, is still an open question. Um, but uh, it, it is worth noting that Constant has now dropped out. So now it really is, uh, and, and there are a couple other candidates, but it, it really is uh, Gonzalez against Elizabeth Crowley. Uh, that's, I believe, the cousin of Joe Crowley, who uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez famously defeated back in 2018. Um, in in that kind of earthquake primary um, that that put uh, AOC on the map on the political map, and it seems uh, you know just kind of from the outside looking in, certainly that Gonzalez is kind of kind of going for the same kind of of splash here, kind of going up against the New York machine, which look it's not very easy. I mean, if you're familiar at all uh, with with the way that the New York political machine works, like you're not going to be particularly surprised to know that um, obviously they're kind of lining up uh, behind behind Crowley. Um, during during the campaign, even even when it was even when Kant was still in, even when things were getting kind of a little heated between the two, um, it, we definitely saw um, evidence of of this kind of you know like. That, that Gonzalez was already trying to portray this as a race between herself and Crowley rather than herself and Kant's kind of treating Kant's as, as an annoyance or as, as an afterthought. Now, the reason that I'm bringing that up is because we're going to see that as well in some of the other races that we're going to discuss. This is an interesting tactic, I think, for especially for progressive uh, candidates to, to deploy. Um, and, and I think it's a good one because... If you are like a lefty candidate and you're in an open primary and there are other kind of left-leaning candidates in there too, and you kind of want to distinguish yourself from them, you want to portray yourself as a front-runner, what's helpful, uh, and this is something Gonzalez did, is to just start to talk about your kind of right-leaning or moderate or centrist opponent as your opponent, right? But you don't discuss the other ones as your opponent. You only talk about the ones who you are directly uh, kind of up against, at, uh, like or, or, or to treat the right wing or the moderate uh, candidate as as your real um, opponent. I see that Lauren and Lauren, feel free to call in and 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 chat about this. But uh, you say, bear in mind, this is in the chat. Bear in mind, cons dropped out uh, after the ballots were printed and after early voting started. She may have dropped out, but her name is still on the ballot. Uh, I mean, that's 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 a fair point. Um, I I think that. That move is probably not going to earn her a lot of love from some supporters, certainly of uh, of Gonzalez and 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 people who are kind of predisposed to to think the worst of constant motivations here. Um, whether or not like that's fair or not, um, I think that's kind of open. Again, like Lauren, you know, or anybody else, if you want to call in and comment on that, please feel free. Um, I I mean, I do think that it is a fair it's a fair point to make. Um, I'm not 100% sure that 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 was intentional. I mean, maybe it was just like the way that things kind of fell fell into place, right? Like, uh, like this was just the time when when she felt like her her campaign couldn't really go any further. Um, and and again, like uh, what what shouldn't be forgotten here is that she did, you know, like from uh, Gonzalez's side, certainly. Uh, should remember she did drop out and endorse Gonzalez. So to to the extent that that's going to make um, a difference, uh, it, it you know it 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 well could you know like uh, the, the, it's certainly possible that we could see 
um, some of the kind of bleed out from from her voters uh, move over to Gonzalez. Of course, some of them, uh, you know, given, given that she had a kind of a, a base that was somewhat in like small business and um, and in the kind of the some of the some of the white ethnic uh, areas of the district. Um, it's certainly possible that they go to Crowley as well, or, or or maybe they just decline to vote. I mean, it's 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 interesting, like because at this point it kind of does become like how many people would Const have activated that wouldn't have really been either on Gonzalez's side or even voting uh, to begin with without Const in the race, and how many of those people just aren't going to vote now or or aren't going to vote for uh, the progressive option? Again, I mean, like this kind of stuff is is just the reality of of, of politics. You can't just drop out and then expect everybody uh who was going to back you like in this case like with with cons like you can't expect everyone who's going to back you to then um move over to the person who you endorse uh you can certainly expect that some of them will especially if you have similar politics but but uh certainly not everybody so anyway so gonzalez is is in uh district 59 and she is going up against elizabeth crowley we're going to see what will happen uh with that race um, I have uh, requested to see if we can get somebody to give us um, an update, uh, but I think I think I may have left it a little bit too long for that one, so so we'll see. But um, unless anybody has any other comments to make here, I think we'll just move on to the next one. Uh, going once, going twice. All right. So then uh, we have the Ewing uh, No race. So this is um, if you guys have been kind of paying attention to this one. Um, this is in the newly redrawn 10th Congressional District. So uh, Yuli No is uh, a member of the state, New York State Assembly. Um, she is uh, Taiwan, uh, born in Taiwan, uh, but has lived here in the U.S. Uh, for, for uh, the most of her life. Um, when she was yeah, immigrating when she was six months old, so for all of her life, um, and uh, she, uh, I believe, like used to live out west, and then she and and she uh, moved to New York uh, uh, over a decade ago, and has been kind of working within politics uh, in in the state and in the city um, ever since, and has been kind of uh, solidifying herself as a pretty major progressive voice, um, a pretty strong uh, voice in the Democratic Party. I have, uh, I mean, full disclosure, like I've talked to her for a number of articles. Um, uh, she's, she's definitely been, you know, an, an ally and a source. So I, I don't want to give the impression here that, uh, I, I am, uh, a neutral observer, right? So, um, but it, it has been interesting to kind of watch the way that this has all gone down. Um, so this, this opening, um, uh, this opening, congressional district like the, the fact that it was like wide open and like all of these people wanted to kind of uh jump in mondaire jones is in this race um uh, uh, uh i am blanking on her name um but uh, there is there's there, there are a few other uh people who are are running there and uh so we're kind of seeing it's kind of like a little bit of a cluster we've seen a few people drop out already and it's kind of coalesced around like there are kind of like two big camps here. And so there's like the progressive camp again and the kind of moderate camp again. Um, and this is very similar to what we're seeing in District 59, right? Uh, New York State Senate District 59. Uh, we are seeing that there is one progressive candidate who is kind of 
assembled like uh, support behind her, um, and that would be um, Yulene, uh, who who has been polling pretty high, and then there is this guy Dan Goldman, um, who is kind of this more like moderate, almost like right wing Democrat, um, who has been getting a lot of support uh, from kind of more establishment, um, like like old like old school uh, New York establishment, right? Because there there are different New York establishments. So let's talk about that in a second, but. Um, Goldman has gotten the the backing of uh, of the New York Times. Um, he there, there's like a lot a lot of right wing dark money uh, going into this race uh, for Goldman, but uh, mostly like against no right like it's it's against Ewing. Um, they they are attacking her over her position on Palestine, uh, particularly her support for the right to boycott. Uh, the, the right to BDS, um, so boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Um, for anybody who doesn't know who's listening to this, I mean, that is a, a program of uh, boycotting uh, the Israeli occupation of Palestine um, on kind of the same way that uh, boycotts were done to South Africa during their, during their apartheid uh, regime. And it's been uh, moderately successful. Uh, it has certainly... Um, changed the way that people kind of talk about Israel and Palestine. And uh, it has generated some pretty regressive anti-First Amendment laws, um, you know, it, both in the South, but then also, like, uh, we've also seen that in New York State. We've seen uh, in New York State that uh, Andrew Cuomo, the former governor, uh, passed a law that basically, like, blacklisted anybody who would do uh, business or who or whose business would it would would be uh, involved with BDS? I mean, this is just such an obvious um, violation of the First Amendment and uh, the freedom of speech and the freedom of association. Um, not that it has really seemed to matter, but uh, they have really um, they have they, they it, it's 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 really it's 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 become enough of a problem, I think, um, for. Uh, for 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 uh, is Israel's supporters, especially in the U.S., um, that they have had to kind of like push back on it. Um, Lauren, I'm going to take your call in one second here, um, and I think you're going to want to talk about State Senate District 59. So we'll go back to that in a second. But just to wrap up this thing here about Yulin, um, just wanted to say that so she has been attacked. She does have a lot of the progressive establishment behind her. She has Working Families Party. Um, she has, I think, I believe she has DSA. She has a strong base um, in, in in parts of Lower Manhattan, especially around Chinatown, where her state assembly uh, district is based. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. I mean, really, like, if she could win, like, 24% of the vote, uh, she would win the primary uh, because all you need is plurality, and you have so many people running. So I think that... Um, I've seen a couple of people uh, talk about this uh, online and also like in conversation with me. Um, they have said that they kind of see what's going to happen is that like, uh, you know, Yulene and Goldman may both kind of end up with around like 23, 24% of the vote. We may not know tonight who wins. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think Yulene still might pull it out, but of course I'm not a hundred percent sure. And, and uh, my, you know, my recommendation shouldn't be taken for anything. Uh, but but still, like that's that's kind of my uh, perception of what's going to happen. So let's take uh, let's take Lauren here. Um, like I said, I think Lauren wants to talk about uh, uh, district uh, state senate district fifty nine. Is that right, Lauren? How are you? 
Hey, Owen. I'm okay. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing um, well. There are a lot of races that I want to talk about because being a registered Democratic voter in the state of New York is a painful, painful experience. Um, you may have noticed that this is our second primary this year. Um, yeah, can you the, can you actually explain that to people real quick? Uh, no, I, think, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't. You, you, I don't know the rationale. I, yeah. I have my assumptions because of how entrenched um, the Democratic machine is in the state. It's been explained to me by people who are more involved in electoral politics that they split up the primaries basically to protect incumbents. Um, so last month we had the primaries for state assembly. And if the judge hadn't intervened at the last minute to reconfigure the state Senate districts, the state Senate races, the state Senate primaries would have been last month as well, which would just, um, and what else was last month? The governor's primary. So it's like state level races are one primary. Um, so today we would just be talking about congressional primaries if the state Senate wasn't all fucked up like it is. Um, and then if it was a presidential year, we'd have three primaries. And this is, you know, it's been explained to me by people who know better than I do that um, it's, it's by design to depress turnout and protect incumbency. Um, speaking of incumbency, I'm super disappointed. Um, I don't know, the, the New York 10 congressional race is kind of a bummer for me because I know Mondaire Jones is also in that race and he is an, an incumbent. And he's running in the 10th district because Sean Patrick Maloney decided to sandbag him in the 17th district, as Maloney is wont to do. Um, and he's I'm, now going up against Alessandra Biagi. Yes, which is, and which I is hope actually she, another big race. Yeah, I hope she mops the floor with his ass because I hate him. Um, he got into the state attorney general's race years ago to sandbag Zephyr Teach out, and that's why we have A.G. Tish James, which she's doing fine, but he's, you know, there's a pattern to his behavior for sure. Um, yeah, as far as New York, as, as the 59th State Senate District, I'm saying this from upstate, I'm not in the district, but I just, I hope that um, any damage that Const did in that race is minimal because... It's, you know, the most important thing is that Gonzalez wins and that we send another socialist to the um, to Albany because there are really good bills that should be passed. You know, good cause eviction, the Build Public Renewables Act, public power like these are bills that are getting held up in the Senate. And I mean, ultimately, somebody needs to primary and take out Carl Heasty so that these bills actually have a chance of being brought to the floor for a vote. But I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, we he's, do... he's, he's been um, not only like, uh, like kind of slowing down and stopping uh, progressive legislation or, or just even like even liberal legislation. Right. But also was like one of the reasons that we didn't get a uh, or, or that you guys didn't get, you know, a uh, an impeachment. Right. Of Cuomo. Like, like yeah. he stopped all of that stuff. He, yeah. he, he stopped it in his tracks. You know, he's he stopped being the New York Health Act. Like we could do, you know, a state level Medicare for all in New York. And he just will not bring it to the floor, even if he, there are the votes to pass it, which there may be now. Um, but I'm also, you know, while I'm here, going to briefly talk about the special election and the primary election in New York's 19th congressional district, if you'll humor me. Um, because yeah, 
Well, Kathy Hochul snatched up our representative, Antonio Delgado, took him to Albany to be the lieutenant governor. So we have a uh, special election today that anyone can vote in. You don't have to be affiliated with a party. Um, Pat Ryan, the Ulster County executive, is running for the uh, on the Democratic line. And Mark Molinaro, who I believe was the Dutchess County executive, is running as the Republican. Um, and that, you know, they're making that race all about abortion. And I'm not exactly a fan of Pat Ryan, but um, I know his mother. His mother was a, an elementary school teacher who's since retired. She's a lovely lady, so I'll vote for her son. Um, and then in the primary race, because in November, Pat Ryan's going to run to represent the 18th district. I hate this state. Um, so there's also a primary for the ballot in November. Um, you have Josh Riley, who was endorsed by unions and county Democratic committees and the Working Families Party, who I'm voting for, running against Jamie Cheney, who is a multimillionaire landlord who is pretending to be a progressive. So if you're in New York 19, uh, go vote for Josh Riley. But I, you know, just rambling and screaming into the sure. void because that's what yeah. it feels like to be a Democrat in New York State. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I think I think we appreciate getting like a little bit more uh, perspective there. I know that certainly for me during you know during my time reporting on on that area, um, I uh, I certainly remember what uh, Delgado was like. So I, I imagine that uh, whoever's going to replace him uh, is probably just going to be the same kind of conservative Democrat, right? Like yeah. like that's basically the best that you can hope for. Yeah, Pat Ryan, you know, he's a veteran, so he's like, send a vet to Congress. I think he, he worked for some sort of data firm also. So I don't I don't like him, but I also don't want to see the seat, you know, flip to red. Um, but yeah, yeah kind of, that, that's, that's that's just kind of the way that it is. Well, yeah, yeah that so, primary was a clusterfuck back sure. then. It was like a seven-way race. It was not, it sucked. Yeah, similar to what we're seeing, I think in New York's ten, and 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 also, I mean, it's it's weird that New York's ten, and and thanks, Lauren, and thanks for uh, for the call. Um, it's weird that you know we see in um, in in some of these races like like New York ten, like you see like a ton of people getting into the race, right? Like there's a ton of people like jammed up into uh, this one district, and then you have other ones um, where where you don't quite have that uh, quite so much, where you have um, well, I mean, in, in, at least in, uh, in, in, in New York's, uh, uh, in, in the 12th, you have, uh, two incumbents, you have, uh, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney, um, both, uh, uh, pretty old, um, and also, uh, 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 Siraj, uh, Patel, uh, who is 38 is, is also running, um, against the two, but it is going to come down to Nadler versus Maloney. Um, these are two uh, kind of elderly Democrats. Um, and the reason that I bring them up, well, first of all, because it's, it's just an interesting race, right? It's just like these two incumbents kind of going at it um, for this one district that that they are kind of left to fight over. Um, and, and Patel is obviously in the race as well, but really it is just those two kind of going up against each other for this one seat, and it's kind of pitted um, these uh, these two establishment Democrats um, against one another, and it's been kind of interesting to watch how this has gone down, where things have like gotten kind of nastier and nastier, and it seemed like you know maybe these two didn't like each other quite as much um, as 
as as we've heard. Um, you know, Nadler uh, famously was part of the impeachment uh, trial of the first one. Um, he's pretty well known on on a lot of levels for 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 his his long time uh, in in the New York. Uh, sorry, in in uh, in Congress, uh, Maloney as well. Uh, the two going up against each other, and then you have Patel. But then again, you have the New York Tenth, where you have someone like uh, Euline who would be able to uh, take on uh, take take it down with like you know just like a quarter of the vote. Um, and it, you know, you mentioned Lauren uh, Alessandra Biaggi and um, Sean uh, Sean Maloney. Uh, this is an interesting race as well uh, because you have Maloney, who is, I think, um, I've seen him describe. Obviously, I would uh, not describe him uh, this way in this uh, context. Uh, uh, you know, while, while I'm talking about him on on the podcast here, but um, you know, it's kind of like like a rat fuck, basically. Like he's just kind of going into like he's he's been he's been kind of part of this attack on. Uh, progressive slash liberal Democrats for a long time. Um, so you have this situation where where he's going up against Biagi, who is uh, a more progressive candidate. Biagi has certainly, uh, you know, is is no stranger uh, herself to the Democratic establishment. Uh, she has been uh, her her family has a long history uh, in New York uh, Democratic politics. Um, she is a state senator. She has been for a while. Her and Euline are actually uh, uh, allies there um, in 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 Albany. Um, so it would be interesting, you know, if they both made it to Congress, that that you might see um, the two of them making uh, forming a kind of block between these two districts. Um, but yeah, like it it is kind of interesting scene. So so there you have like two, really, really two, and uh, in the Nadler Maloney race you have two. Um, and then in New York 10th, you have like uh, at least like four or five viable candidates, right? Because you have uh, Euline, uh, you have Mondaire Jones, uh, you have Rivera, and you have um, uh, uh, Goldman. Um, and and so it, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the results come in uh, tonight. Um, and I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see the results of those well, I'm, I'm curious to see the results of the No and Biagi races, certainly, uh, because I think that it would say quite a bit if we saw progressives win uh, those primaries for Congress. And I think that it would say a lot if someone like Yulene could win um, even with the kind of full force uh, of all of this dark money special interest going up against her, and especially when she uh, has not like run away uh, com- really from the the BDS uh, issue where and and so just so everyone knows like like the position that that Yulene uh, that has taken here uh, which is which is correct um, is that no matter what you think about um, the BDS movement uh, the fact is that it is constitutionally protected speech and so there should not be any kind of restrictions on that we shouldn't be uh, telling people that that they can't uh, express themselves, that they can't buy what they want, that they can't, you know, in other words, like associate with who they want to associate with. Um, so I think that it will be interesting to see. So if she can win, um, 
like so there's like two things I think that'll be interesting to see there. One, um, if she wins, uh, will they then will all this dark money then go into continuing to try and take her out? Maybe doing some kind of like sending Goldman or someone else up as a like quote unquote like third party independent candidate. Um, have definitely seen this in uh, other races around the country. Uh, usually, kind of thing that is done on a local level. I remember that in uh, this is a little bit of a digression, but I remember that in Western Massachusetts at one point there was like a district attorney race um, where the kind of more establishment incumbent uh, did not win, and and he had the entire force of the establishment behind him. So then they just kind of like flipped it around and made him into an independent to run against the uh, progressive reform candidate that won the Democratic Party. Um, he lost anyway. He didn't win. Uh, she did. But but this is the kind of like this this kind of thing has been certainly been done before. Um, or if, if they'll just be like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give her two years and then we'll come back. A a friend of mine who is kind of keyed into, um, democratic politics in New York thinks that what we'll see is going to be, um, that they'll kind of just, you know, take the L on this one and then spend like 20 million against her, uh, in two years in 2024, in the primary there to try and try and knock her out. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, of course she has to win in the first place. Um, so, so that'll be an interesting one to watch the Biagi versus Maloney won't be interesting to watch. Uh, same kind of thing where you have a progressive going up against a moderate again, but you know, in this case, I think one of the most interesting things that, that we would be observing would be like, uh, this is, uh, establishment progressive kind of against establishment moderate establishment conservative Democrat who is going to win this who is going to have a, a, a better like grasp on how to talk to the party um, and I think that that is an interesting thing as well like like is 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 there a progressive movement going on in New York right now especially in New York City where these races are right where um, or, or or you know in, in the metro area um, or is this going to be just something where uh, the establishment, the New York establishment, is still too powerful? Like Lauren was saying, the way that they like split up uh, the voting, the way that they split up uh, the primaries, um, the, like the, like voting in New York is 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 very difficult. Um, they they make it difficult on purpose. Uh, like Lauren said, to protect incumbents, they also make it difficult on purpose. Uh, just to just to stop progressives from really getting through. So um, we'll certainly be interested and we'll be following that. And then, of course, just to bring it back to what we were talking about at the top of the show here, um, there is the state Senate uh, District 59, the Gonzalez-Crowley race. Um, I think that for a lot of young people, both in New York and around the country, um, a lot of uh, young socialists and progressives will be watching this with a lot of attention. Um, and uh, a couple weeks ago, I had Dave Grissom. He lives in Texas. Um, I had him on to talk about this race, and he talked about it kind of in the broader context of DSA, in the broader context of this kind of uh, these kind of uh, liberal left socialist progressive politics that that we're seeing um, in around the country and. If Gonzalez can pull this win out, even even after having everything stacked against her, a lot of money, uh, I think that'll be a pretty big endorsement of of this kind of politics. And also because even though there was so much money stacked up against them, they did have like they have more volunteer power. 
So is is voter enthusiasm going to be enough to push back against uh, the machine, to push back against the establishment? Um, certainly will be really interesting. On Thursday, uh, we, I'm going to be talking uh, with Aaron Thorpe for another edition of Own Aaron Read the News. Um, we'll definitely go over uh, these results. We're also going to be talking about uh, what's expected to come tomorrow, uh, another announcement on student loans. Um, we're hearing that it's going to be deferred for another six months payments and that they're also going to forgive like $10,000 or something per borrower. Uh, as long as you like, it's, it's of course it's means tested because nothing can ever be easy. Right. But it's like, you know, as long as you make under $125,000 a year, you can get $10,000 uh, knocked off of, of your student loan debt. So uh, we will, we will, we will definitely be keeping track of all this stuff. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us here uh, for this news brief, uh, especially thanks to Lauren for, for calling in and talking about um, these races and, and just to kind of get that New York perspective. So, uh, so thanks, everybody. We'll see you in two days. Thanks for joining for this news brief, and we'll talk soon. Bye.